BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Finding great care should not take up all of your energy. In fact, it shouldn't really take up much energy at all. That is where ZocDoc comes in. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun. Head over to ZocDoc.com humans and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot slash humans. ZocDoc.com slash humans. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Eliza Pressman, and today's episode, it's just us. I haven't done a solo episode in a while, and I thought it was time to check in. So today I'm talking about bullying. I'm talking about when you might suspect your child is experiencing bullying, or if you think that your child might actually be the bully. And I want to say, This is one of those topics that's so fraught because there are so many people who think, oh, bullying is about fragile kids. And if the kids wouldn't be so sensitive, then we wouldn't have all this nonsense. Or it's so worrisome when kids are kind of jerky to each other that everything gets called bullying and it kind of undermines actual very harmful experiences of bullying. So today I kind of want to clarify what it actually means, and what it might look like on either side. And listen, we're all in this together, and our kids are going to go in phases in life where they might be doing or saying or acting in ways that feel really confusing to us. And it's hard to accept if our child is acting in ways that are harmful to others. But if we can't see it and allow ourselves to experience the hard feelings of knowing it's going on, And we can't help them so that this stops. And we can't help the other kids who are experiencing the bullying behaviors. And we also have to be able to support our kids who feel or are living in the experience of harmful bullying so that they know that they have support and that it isn't going to be blown off and that they have a place to come to to feel safe. So I'm going over both of those things. and. Of course, as always, DM me on Instagram at Raising Good Humans Podcast. Send me follow-up questions. We can keep talking about this, but this is just sort of how to get started. And if 
you've gotten something out of this episode, please don't hesitate to write a little review. It's so helpful for me. Give a five-star rating. And of course, you can subscribe to my premium podcast also on Apple Podcasts. And of course, my Substack, DrAlizaPressman.substack.com, where I talk about these things in written form and have a monthly parent group on Zoom. So first, I want to address how do I know if I've got the kid who's the bully? And I know this realization is so hard and it takes so much to even ask ourselves that question because it calls into question our parenting and it calls into question our values and who we are and how could this be happening. So I just want to say, try to let go of that and remember that that our children are not a reflection of our parenting in every way, that sometimes, even though we think we can control exactly who they are, all of their relationships, what they're going through, we actually can only manage our own responses to it, but not our kids. So try to think about how to respond in a way that is supportive and helpful and get rid of the notion that the utter anger and disappointment or denial is going to help your child thrive. And let's make sure that we're on the same page about what we're talking about here. Because a lot of people use the word bully as a term that is misused in the course of normal development when what they're really talking about is just a kid who's being mean. Being mean is certainly a bummer, and we're all mean sometimes. It doesn't mean we're mean people. It means we had a moment where we were acting mean, but that is a normal and developmentally appropriate thing to be. People have many ups and downs in relationships. Friendships are always tricky. It's normal to have hard days and unkind words. That is not bullying. Bullying is actually quite serious, can be dangerous, and it can be a sign that your child is struggling with their mental health. So. That's why even though it can be really hard to face the truth that our child who we love may indeed be the aggressor, it's also really important that we operate from the assumption that really good kids can do bad things. That way we can lift the pressure off thinking that when it is our kid doing something, that there's this story of who they are, who they're going to be, and this is just it. Now I've got myself that kind of kid who's just a bully, and they're going to grow up, and they're going to be cruel to people. And being a bully, is it's just not a sign of a rotten apple. It is truly often a cry for help and a struggle on the inside of that child, and it doesn't diminish how harmful it is. So I'm not saying that bullying isn't extremely harmful. We do need to curb bullying and get to the bottom of it, but we also need to be able to be compassionate and supportive of our children, even when we're disappointed in this behavior, so that they have a chance to come out of it and so that we can get to the bottom of why it might be going on. So let me clarify so that you have questions to ask yourself if you're wondering about those differences between bullying and normal wear and tear in a friendship. There are three components to think about, power, repetition, and harm. Those are the three things that when you think about, is this normal behavior that's part of the wear and tear of friendship, or is it bullying? This is how you can tell. 
So the first power is when there's a power difference between the two parties involved. So you can easily see how bullying starts. It could be there's an age difference, there's a size difference, there's a popularity difference, there's a strength difference, some kind of status difference. So in general, bullies are seen to be in a more powerful position than their victims. The second thing is repetition. Bullying is targeted, it's ongoing mistreatment, and it is consistently directed at the same victim. So if a kid is exhibiting nasty behaviors and they're doing it to a different person each day, is it a sign that something's going on? Probably. Is it a sign that they might need extra support? For sure. But it's not bullying. It's bullying when it's targeted and ongoing at a particular victim. When that happens, the victim is harmed over and over and over. And that is the problem. And the third thing to think about is harm. Bullying is an intentional act that has a direct and negative impact on another person. So why do our kids bully? There are so many different reasons that children may start to act aggressively towards others. Sometimes it is truly that they're looking for attention that they're not otherwise getting, or they're trying to indicate that they're struggling in some way. Sometimes it's because a child might be having trouble with their own self-regulation. They might have trouble controlling their behavior. They might view themselves as a victim in another setting, and their actions are kind of a result of a heightened stress response because of how stressed they've been in other settings. And sometimes it's a sign that they actually don't have typical control over their actions. And it's important in those cases to help them get evaluated to see if maybe something else is going on. Some kids also lack perspective-taking skills, and they really can't understand the thoughts and feelings of others or that what they're doing is even harmful. And sometimes it's because they're feeling powerless in settings at home or at school, maybe with a sibling or with a family member or with someone else at school who's in a power position. And because they are bad isn't one of the reasons that's on the list. So understanding that a bully may be hurting themselves is also a really good way to understand and help, particularly because when we're talking about it in this context, we're talking about, is this your kid? And the last thing that a bullying child needs from their parents is to get bullied out of being a bully. And also it won't work. And now a quick break so I can tell you about my sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash humans and get on your way to being your best self. Supporting your mental health is a crucial part of parenting and of being a human. And BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on the journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. We know that having a sounding board so that you can better support yourself and your family is part of why therapy can be so beneficial. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, all of which is so important because so often parents say, I just don't know how I can find the time. So just fill out a brief questionnaire so that you can get matched with a licensed therapist. And if it's not the right one, 
You can switch therapists at no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash humans today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash humans and prioritize your mental health so that you can be available to support all the little ones in your life. Even here in California, the cold weather, relatively speaking, makes you appreciate having a great set of sheets to cozy up to. Make the most of bedtime with bowl and branch sheets. I unboxed these beauties and just was in love. They're so soft. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code HUMANS at B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. That's bowlandbranch.com, promo code HUMANS. So here are a few steps you can take if you're starting to suspect or you know that your child is the bully. First, Talk openly and honestly about what you know and try not to phrase it in that way of catching them in a lie. Tell them what you know. Tell them about the incidents at school and the reports from teachers and other parents or what you've witnessed yourself and ask your child what they think might be an explanation for what's happening, where they may feel it's coming from, and give them real space to express themselves as much as they can. So When you say it and when you ask, there are different ways to do that. You can ask a question that embedded in your tone is, you're a bad kid. Or you can ask a question in a way that's genuinely curious. I want to help you. I want to understand what's going on. Let's figure this out together. And if you do have trouble uncovering information from your child, because bullies are typically pretty skilled at hiding from adults the behaviors that they know they shouldn't be doing, You might need the support of a mental health professional, perhaps someone at school can help you, someone who has more experience with kids around these particular behaviors and who can be a little bit more objective because we honestly, of course, are going to have so much baggage when it comes to thinking about our kids in this way. As always, you know, take a breath, ask your school, healthcare provider, anyone that you feel that you can trust to find some help with a specialty in this field and make sure that if there is a suggestion that they might have some impulse control problems or be struggling with something at school, that they get an evaluation to make sure there aren't underlying issues that are actually getting in the way of their having a successful experience, both socially and academically. You also want to discuss strategies to handle situations differently. So if you've gotten to the root of your child's bullying, and you realize they wanted to feel powerful because otherwise they felt like nobody noticed them or because they just can't explain it. But every time they get into that situation, they know they shouldn't do it, but their body does something else. It's an impulse control problem. Work together to find alternate behaviors. Help them find a way to feel seen and heard and noticed and even powerful, but without harming others. The third thing is probably the hardest and with no blame at all, but really just taking stock of your own backyard. We might need to sort of pull back and take a bird's eye view of the conditions in our home. Are we watching violent content? 
or shows where people routinely bully each other and they're super cool in the process. It's just like the cool kids are doing the thing that you don't want your child to be doing. Are we laughing at comedies that contain really bullying behaviors that require a sophisticated sense of humor to understand the difference between what is funny and charming and what is nasty? Do we connect with our family by teasing? Is that kind of how we laugh in our family? Is it to make another family member feel powerless? Are we dehumanizing in the way we fight? Do we call each other names? That sometimes just get out of hand. Are our children being bullied in other settings or seeing others be bullied on a regular basis? Because they're often unknowingly, some of these patterns are happening in our own home. And if we can work to replace them with positive messages, we might be able to help redirect our child who thinks that repeating these behaviors with someone who's more powerless is somehow the way to be. This is truly not an indictment of the home. It's just about being self-reflective and understanding that some things that are totally funny, hilarious even, and all in good fun are okay, but not necessarily in the context of developing humans who are just not quite ready for the nuance of all of it. So next, monitor the situation closely. Because once you know about bullying, it really is on you to monitor their chats, look at their online behavior, communicate with teachers, communicate with families. Bullying definitely is not going to disappear overnight. And so it's going to take time and attention to help your child create new patterns of behavior. And your child needs appropriate consequences for bullying behaviors. It may mean loss of privileges or access to freedoms. But it's logical. It makes sense. If you're being nasty to somebody on text, that you would be removed from the privilege of being on text. That is completely appropriate and related. It makes sense that if on the walk to school, you've been nasty to someone, harming someone, pushing their books out of their hands, emotionally bullying them, that you are not going to walk by yourself for now. You're going to have your grown up with you or someone who can keep an eye out. And it may feel really overbearing all of a sudden if your child has had more freedoms. But remember, it's our job to keep them safe and it's our job to keep them from getting out of their league, having too much of their own freedom without the impulse control, without the decision-making capacity in ways that can harm others means it is absolutely on us. And next, make amends. It's really important to talk to your child about those they have hurt and help them make it right. Really focus on empathy and help involve your child in what those amends can be. And maybe it's writing a letter and maybe they even don't send that letter. Maybe they just practice an apology, but that kind of apology that isn't mandatory, but it's actually taking steps to repair a relationship and it's taking ownership and awareness of what you've actually done wrong. Talk to them about the experience that the victimized child's gone through. Help them understand that someone else has suffered at their hands, and that is not okay. It is not about building shame. It's truly about helping them develop empathy. Maybe they hadn't really thought about what it was like to be that other kid. So empathy and perspective taking come from our showing empathy to our kids 
and providing opportunities for perspective taking. And if your child feels guilty or cries and you're just like, oh my God, I've shamed them, know that guilt is different than shame. Shame is you as a person are terrible. Guilt is what I did was harmful and I don't like how that feels inside. That's a moral rudder and you need it. Spending more time with family together, particularly because you might not be able to allow them to be with friends. Like they might have the kinds of natural consequences or logical consequences that mean that they don't have a lot of friends coming over. Maybe it's because parents are like, no, I'm not letting my kid go over there. I know what happens. Or maybe it's just you don't feel like they have the self-regulation right now to be able to assure you that they will not harm someone. And so take that not as an opportunity for punishment, but as an opportunity to come up with ways for the family to spend time together and really talk, really engage, and stay connected. Lastly, if you need it, and this is so hard to say, but if you need help, get it. Don't hesitate. Ignoring it and fighting about it or waiting for them to outgrow it is not going to do anything. It may turn out that it was exactly what they needed to thrive. So maybe they need help. Maybe you need help. There are opportunities to get support for your parenting and to get them some support and bolster their mental fitness. So all of these things are hopeful. And this is not a story you have to write as the rest of their life. This is what's going on right now. And you can really help them come out of it. And when you do help them come out of it, they might be an upstander the next time. So now here's the other side of it. What if your kid is the one who's being bullied? And let me be clear. Our children are going to be teased. They're going to be left out. They're going to be the only one not invited to a party. They're going to get their feelings hurt. This is not necessarily a sign of bullying. Remember what I talked about. Bullying is meant to hurt. It's intentional. It's directed. And it involves a power balance. So knowing your child is being bullied is so painful and it can be so excruciating to see your child suffering and to feel helpless and to worry about their well-being and their safety, both physically and emotionally. And it can, on top of that, bring up painful memories from our own social experiences and our own hurts and vulnerabilities. So first, as always, we have to take a breath, remind ourselves this isn't about us, our experiences our anger. It is about our child. And that's what we want to do is help our child. And this is a journey that we have to take with our child, not behind their backs, not in anger, but with our child so they feel supported and safe. So start by believing them. Your child needs to know that they're safe and heard when they come to you. So if you err on the side of when they tell you a story, kind of being like, okay, but were you being overly sensitive? Just know that about yourself and just listen a little bit more and practice being a listener who really wants to understand versus the kind of listener who wants to respond immediately. The more that you allow your child to talk to you easily without chiming in with your wisdom and your anger or your fierce support, but just truly the curiosity will help you stay connected. And then you can ask questions so you can get a whole sense of the story before you make judgments, before you intervene, which empowers your child to share their story with you and to believe that their experience was real 
And then just ask them with curiosity, how did they respond? What worked? What didn't work? How are they feeling? And you can let them know how to assess whether it's bullying. You can also let them know that if they're experiencing bullying, it's so important that they told you. You want to try your best to, again, take so many breaths, stay neutral, because if you become distressed over what's happening, they're likely to become more distressed. And so even though it's so hard, signal to them by managing your own nervous system that you can handle hearing this. And then you can assure them that you are going to help and that you're going to together come up with how to improve the situation. If you overreact or fly off the handle or curse out the other child or spiral into a fit, that's actually going to make it harder for your child to share with you. And we need to protect them by being safe places for them to come. So help them feel confident in your ability to help them when they find themselves in harm's way. And it will be so protective throughout their life. (laughs) This is so hard and it's so much easier for me to say, but really avoid retaliation. It's not a time to talk about revenge. It's really about problem solving. And it is easy to start vilifying families and friends and start plotting your revenge. It's just so natural when you feel like your child's being threatened, but we don't know what burden that other kid is experiencing. And let me be clear. I definitely don't want to say that we should send a message that it's our job to show compassion when we're put in harm's way, but we can acknowledge that kids are developing humans and that this particular kid is definitely not doing something that's okay and is also a work in progress. So let's just try to set examples for our kids to project confidence that you can make an appropriate plan that isn't a revenge plan. And you absolutely should talk to teachers and parents and administrators and make sure you have all the facts about what's happening, how often, who's involved, and really help your child share their experiences and figure out who can be their ally and support them in finding their voice to speak out about whatever's happening when it's not under your roof. Reach out to your school, reach out to the teacher, reach out to the school administrators. If they don't take it seriously, it's really important to keep showing your child that you will make sure that they take it seriously. And then you can make a plan and work with your child to find out a plan that is comfortable for them to handle situations where you're not around, help them with role-playing responses, ways to avoid the experience so that their bodies are safe or their emotions are safe and figure out the safe friends in their life and the safe grownups in their life so that they know that even when you're not around, they're safe. And you can think about ways that they can reach you or that other trusted adult in whatever setting is going to feel threatening. And of course, express confidence in their ability to problem solve and try new strategies because it can feel so helpless and so hopeless to be bullied. And so really knowing that your parents don't see you just as a victim, yes, they recognize that you are having this terrible experience, but they also believe in your power and help you regain your voice and confidence and believe that you are going to be able to handle this with support. That is super important. So again, you really need to work together to find allies in the community that will support your child, who will support your child. And also you can find them other places to find support. So for example, if something's going on at school, finding after-school activities or clubs or sports teams or anything that they're interested in where they can thrive and have a different group of friends 
help them feel capable and find their place, their people, their things. Definitely monitor their experiences and their communication and don't sweep issues under the rug because it just feels too, you know, overwhelming or you're just like, oh, maybe my kid's just sensitive and they're overreacting. Try to stay vigilant and continue to communicate with your child in a way that feels open and without pressure. So of course you're going to mention it, but you're not going to like make every conversation about it or bond over the horror of it all. Make sure there's just a safe space so that your child knows being bullied is not their fault. You're there to support them. You believe them. You're spending time with them. And you're not, again, overly talking about it, fixating on it. You can have fun. You can find other things to enjoy and work to support and build your relationship in a way that lets them know that you are their partner in making this situation better. And this is going to pass. And it's important that you're there for it, but it is not going to last forever. Just like if you have a child who is acting in this way, it's not writing the story forever. This is what's going on right now. These are some tools to help support you. Again, I really encourage you to seek support from school and other adults that they can trust and friends who you feel like are the kind of friends that are able to be supportive. I know this is a really tough topic. We only scratched the surface. I hope it was helpful. And of course, keep sending me questions and we can work through some of these situations. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.